0: Time schedule for showing up, right? So it's like 1029 and it's just still the band. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, I you're hope talking about attendance anxiety. Attendance anxiety as a pastor of a yeah. faith community. There's just that moment just where I'm like, yeah. it's our 10 year anniversary. I just hope someone shows up. Like it's <laughs> like Yeah. And then we get going and I get into the music and I'm in my zone. I open my eyes and I'm like, whoa, there are people here. This is awesome. So as an extrovert, that makes my heart happy. Yeah, so we're 10 today, Gibbs.
1: 10 years old, what do you remember about being 10?
0: Um, well, I had to look up what I remembered being 10 because oh, I question. couldn't remember. Yeah, I my was like 10, your spontaneous question. Spontaneous question. Yeah, what do you remember about being 10? Um, no. no, I looked it because it was, when I was 10 years old, it was shh in the back. <laughs> Good God, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm talking here. <laughs> Sanita,
1: jeez. Decade two, we're working on pastoral respect.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let the dictatorship begin. Okay, um, no, I had to look up notable events from 1984 because that's when I was 10 years mm. old. 1984, freaking four. Whoa, um, that was a long time ago. But I actually remembered a few things when I was. When my memory was jogged, I remembered a few things, because 1984, I actually remember the presidential election for 1980 and 1984, because mm, it was Nixon-Reagan, and then it was Reagan-Mondale.
1: No, Nixon not run for president.
0: No, 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 Nixon you're right. Had some he had some issues, and he wasn't mm-hmm. allowed, and then it was Reagan. <laughs> Who was it in 1980? Anyone? Anyone remember the 80s? Dukakis. Dukakis. Ford,
1: right? Ford, right? Yeah.
0: Ford. Okay, Ford well, there you Carter? go. I remember 1980. I remember Reagan. That's mm-hmm. what I remember. And then 84, yeah. Okay. And then I remember Mondale because Walter Mondale is from Minnesota, and that's what? where I grew up. Yeah. And, and that year, know? for those who, who remember <laughs> Minnesota, uh, Minnesota was the only state Mondale got the electoral <laughs> vote. So it was like a landslide. It was like 550-some electoral yeah, yeah votes for Reagan, and yeah. then Minnesota, Mondale. So you've always Mondale. been
1: politics.
0: I've always loved Just politics. Uh, seriously, well, I, I, love wanted to get, to it. I wanted right. to go into politics, yeah. Law, and then politics, president. and then I found out I couldn't be president. Yeah. I found out I couldn't be the top dog, and I was like, well, forget it. forget it. Yeah, I'm not. That's the only reason I didn't run for president of the United States. And you're like, I'll be the pope. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I can't be pope <laughs> either. But, so 1984, all I had to say, 1984 was the first... Time a woman was on the presidential ticket for a major political party. Mm-hmm. And the name of that particular female?
1: Uh, <laughs> G- oh. Yeah, yeah, there it was.
0: Geraldine Ferraro, yes, yeah. I remember that. Um, also, a big Minnesota deal, big deal, Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Prince is a Min- Minneapolis dude, and um, his, his album Purple Rain mm. came out 1984 when Doves Cry. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally one of the best songs in the universe ever written. It's true. Like, that, that's, that's actually a proven, true. it's objectively yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I did not know this. Tetris was released in 1984. Tetris on the Commodore 64. Anyone remember the Commodore 64? I'm looking around. Anybody? Yeah. No. I had a Commodore 64. Yes, we did. And a printer that had those little dots on the end that you had to line up the feeder with. And then it was... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it took 10 hours to print one thing, and then you had to get a new ink. Anyway, those were the beautiful days. Um, Also, I would... um, This was... This was... (laughs) It just made me feel old. But Footloose, 16 Candles, and Ghostbusters all came out in 1984. What? We are now better in better remakes, right? Like we are beyond the remakes of those. But yeah, those were my Molly Ringwald. Anybody? Anybody? I just oh, yeah. remember
1: being scared of the rat. Kevin
0: Bacon. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you were. S- like
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember cutting grass. Well, like that was when I got my first job. I don't know when I was probably. 10. You were ten uh-huh. in your first job. Got my first job. Hmm. Yeah. and um, yeah, <laughs> and it was cutting grass. And so I was over at Mrs. Skagg's house. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys know her. She, <laughs> uh, she's a lovely lady, long gone. She paid long me eight, $8 to pay to cut her whole acre lot. That's
0: off. really, eight bucks, though, as a 10-year-old? That's yeah, a in it was 1983 a lot. or 84? You know, like every
1: other week. I'd, I had some money at the end of the summer. Yeah, you did. Summer. It was awesome. But one day, Dad was helping me cut the grass. Mm-hmm. And so over the sound of the weed eater and the the lawnmower, I thought I heard... A trumpet? A trumpet.
0: (laughs) 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 I don't know what it's going to sound like, but that was my trumpet. I looked
1: up, and if you've spent any time in the the Midwest or kind of the... uh, upper south, you know, the, what thunderstorms and those big thunderhead clouds look like they're very ominous, and, mm-hmm. and so there was a bunch of those in the sky, and I was like, yeah. is this the sky opening? You know, I was...
0: Yeah, because revelation, be, yeah. And the reason if you I didn't grow so, up in evangelical Pentecostal right, culture, right, you may you not know? be afraid like yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm kind of sweating just t- just
1: yeah, telling the story, yeah. you know.
0: It's okay. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually good. Yeah, and I just yeah. remember
1: running around the house... And there was the lawnmower just sitting. Oh, idling. Running. just <laughs> Yeah. It was running. Were their
0: clothes folded neatly in a little pile <laughs> right next to it? Okay. <laughs> that's another reference that you should be happy you uh, don't know about. Yeah. yeah.
1: But that's really the main thing <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. But, you, you know, maybe like because i started thinking about this thinking about the growths being 10 years old i was like oh can we do something where we we think about what we're growing into you know how what we're becoming as a 10 year old and i was like i don't know that that's really the best analogy like Mm -hmm. age thing and so i was thinking it's more like um like 10 miles the first 10 miles of a marathon Mm. you know or, or some some kind of feat that you do like that right um and i've never run a marathon but um I think two
0: years before we moved here. I've thought about running a marathon. Have just you? to be clear, i thought about. So you about could it. identify. Yeah, with that. I could think about it. <laughs> right. I think at mile ten, I'd be like, I don't, I can't do this. But yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I,
1: <laughs> I two years before we moved here, as you know I I had the opportunity with two friends uh, to train and uh, climb and summit Mount Rainier, and um, I think that was a good analogy, hmm. because the only easy part of that whole thing was getting out of the car at the parking lot. <laughs> That was like the yeah. only easy the easiest part.
0: part of this church plant was was driving here yes. and moving into a house. Right. <laughs> like
1: yeah, getting out of the parking lot yeah. was we're like, okay. And and once you strap in and start hiking, it's all hard, right? And so the longer you hike, the more you climb. Um, you know, like your weaknesses are exposed, especially with, with climbing, you know, you get up higher and higher and higher and get mm-hmm. the air gets thinner and that sort of thing. And so I think that's what it's um mm-hmm. what being ten years in is mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Right, we can't see the parking lot anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> you're like, can we go back? Like, to yeah, that? we yeah, yeah, go yeah, back yeah. in the car. And, We've and come too
1: far to turn back. Right, it's too far. <laughs> it's clear this is not a casual walk in the park. It's clear. Yeah. Yep. Um, we become ever more aware of our weaknesses.
0: Yeah, it's true. It is all exposed. Yeah. The um, yeah, and I I guess when I was reading through your notes because I saw what you were gonna say, so I knew mm-hmm. this, but I had the the preview um but the the thing that's great about this story and as I was thinking about this is that your mountaineering was not a solo activity right, right. right? so it's not like by yourself your weaknesses are exposed by yourself you're exhausted by yourself you're looking yeah, back no going, you're just a huge burden stuck. to the other people that yeah, are no. you're tied <laughs> to you're just, you're just like I can't go <laughs> on and you're tethered in you're like yeah. you have to go Paul we have uh-huh. to go and then we're dragging <laughs> right. you yeah, that is a good analogy, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love being the church. It's amazing. That works against your natural tendency, though, doesn't it? My tendency to run away? To, well, no, to get like. <laughs> like to about, cut loose and be like, yeah. see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Have I'm the seen, one in the movie where it's like, just cut the, the rope. Yeah, that yeah. happens
1: in Touching the Void.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like dead weight, you guys. If we're gonna get to the top, we gotta get rid of this. Yeah, I wasn't thinking yeah, yeah. that, but oh, uh, <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> but uh, it
1: works yeah. on some of my anxieties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like, we've talked about this a lot, your tendency to want to, to work alone, right? When we were in oh, college, I I'd always want to work together and like, let's do our homework together. And you're like, well, first I need like two hours to do my homework alone. <laughs> and, and then I'll come and do homework yeah, with you. Yeah, it's because I
0: was just so in love. I couldn't <laughs> study when I was looking really? at you. Uh.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, gross. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know why I thought of that. And I, I don't know. And just, <laughs> yeah, just I thought different. maybe you expound on that. No, nope, something about nothing. working against that tendency to be an individual and, yeah. and uh, you know overcoming that through.
0: It's true. To it's the true. And, it's true. Know. I do like to work alone because it's yeah. faster. You know, <laughs> is anybody else like that, or is just Enneagram Threes in the room? It's like you, you have you have an, a task ahead of you. You have something you want to get done, and and it's just easier if you do it by yourself. But then you're doing 30 things by yourself. <laughs> right um yeah and then you're stranded on the mountain and you're like, yeah. yeah yeah well
1: the point I was making with that is this idea of like our weaknesses being exposed yeah right and um, and as we have journeyed together we talk about this stuff a lot whether it's in uh sermons or in just conversations over coffee or pub theology or any of the different places that we connect right um we know this is okay Right. We know that this this exposing of our weaknesses, this um, revealing of the places where we're not Mm -hmm. strong, that this this is okay, Right. Because God did not come for the mighty. He didn't come for the wealthy. He didn't come for the dominant. He didn't come for the strong. Right. Mm -hmm. The lie the strong believes is that they don't need anyone else. That's, that's the struggle for those that uh, have been born into a, a great degree of privilege or, or find themselves mm-hmm. in that uh, area. The, they're, that's, how, that's their struggle for getting, getting to God. And that might, that might be your struggle. Maybe everything is going just perfectly for you in life. But for most of us, it's not. And so the lie we believe is that we're not good enough, that, mm-hmm. that, that we are where we are because God uh, doesn't favor us. But that's not true. Consistently, the stories found in Scripture show God choosing the disadvantaged.
0: Yeah. And one thing that was sticking out to me as I was thinking about just this this talk and this moment is that God chooses the disadvantaged. He chooses the weak, and he pulls them together. He pulls them to himself, and he pulls them towards one another, creating a new community of people. Right? He gives them new identities and new purposes that they get to live out interdependent with one another. And, and I see God doing that and how He's done that over the last 10 years yeah, in this yeah. community. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, the passage that we draw our name from in Isaiah, uh, many of you know this, uh, Isaiah 61, um, that, that passage we draw our name from lists the kind of people God is looking for. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you're like looking to build a team, looking to build a nation, looking, you know, we are often wired to go, we're gonna find the talented, we're gonna find the greatest, the strongest, the most dominant, or that the combination of which will be the best, Mm -hmm. right? And and that would be our list oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this list, it starts with the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, Mm -hmm. the prisoner, the ones mourning, the ones who are discouraged. Do you identify with that list? I find myself, um, especially the longer I walk through this life, um, more able to identify with that list than maybe a, a list of, of the great, <laughs> the, the strong, the wealthy, the powerful. But this, this is what that passage identifies as who God came for, who he sent those to proclaim good news for. Matter of fact, that's, Jesus quotes this. In, in, in Luke chapter 4, when he preaches this sermon um, in his hometown in Nazareth, he's quoting Isaiah 61, uh, talking about who he has come to bring the good news uh, to. But here's an important point. Um, while you may identify with brokenness, like what is listed here, I do not believe that this is your identity. And that's easy to slip into, especially when we experience kind of a chronic brokenness, something that, that uh, sticks with us throughout a long portion of our life, uh, or, or maybe something that is like what Paul refers to as that thorn in his flesh, that thing he just can't get away from, and it's just always with him. But it, it can become something that we go, this is my identity but I do not believe it is. I don't believe Paul identified that brokenness as as his identity. He found his identity in being a person that was, was chosen by God, just like each and every person sitting in this room. This is what the prophet Isaiah and later Jesus preached. Isaiah 61, 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has chosen me. He has commissioned me to encourage the poor, to help the brokenhearted, to decree the release of captives and the freeing of prisoners, to announce the year when the Lord will show his favor, the day when our God will seek vengeance, to console all who mourn, to strengthen those who mourn in Zion by giving them a turban instead of ashes, oil symbolizing joy instead of mourning, and garments of, uh, symbolizing praise instead of discouragement, this is the exchange, right? We've, if you've, if you've been a believer uh, in, any amount of time, you've heard these sermons. This, this exchange that God makes of our brokenness for His beauty, right? Instead of uh, ashes, a turban, or, or oftentimes it's translated a crown, right? Um, The uh, Dictionary of Biblical Imagery had some cool things to say about some of these images. It says, uh, the often repeated phrase, in sackcloth and ashes, paints a vivid picture of mourning women and men in torn clothing, lying or kneeling on the ground as they heap ashes and dust upon themselves. Literally, the image is after your homeland has been completely ravaged and overwhelmed, your home's been burnt down. That's where the ashes come from because that was the sign of these cities in this era uh, being overwhelmed or overcome by another nation, by an oppressive force that comes in and destroys your home because there's nothing left but ash, and you're left there. So it became a symbol of, of mourning. It became a symbol of just absolute brokenness and poverty and defeat. That's what we're giving up. That's what, you know, Isaiah came to preach. Jesus came to preach to those like us to give up that defeat, to give up that mourning, to give that up in exchange for a crown. The same article says Yahweh himself is the crown, the kingly presence, the symbol of Judah's rule. So the presence of God in exchange for that brokenness. Instead of the pain and loneliness of mourning, joy. Hmm. According to the psalmist, being anointed with oil signals the presence and the favor of God. The chosen of God are anointed with the oil of joy. Isaiah explains, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bestow to them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. According to Zechariah's vision, those who stand in the presence of God's throne are anointed with oil. The Holy Spirit abides in vessels dedicated to him, and anointing oil is a symbol of that dedication and identification with him. Paul links anointing and sealing with the gift of the Spirit. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guarantee, guaranteeing what is to come. I just felt it's so important that this group of people, that we hear this this morning. Because there's something uh, providential about the name that God has given us as the Groves and where we draw this from. And and many of our tendencies to get stuck um, not fully completing that exchange. And and I'm chief uh, offender of this. To sit... In, in uh, my mourning and my sadness about the brokenness of myself, but also the brokenness of this world and not allow that exchange to be absolutely completed. And so I'm trying to listen with open ears and open heart this morning, and I hope you are too, that this would be a turning point for many of us to recognize that, that it's not, because sometimes I feel like I'm not taking the brokenness and the problems of this world seriously, seriously enough if I'm experiencing too much joy. And I don't know if that's any of you, but that, that is for you if it is this morning. And I'm going to encourage you and walk with you into the place of trying to give up Uh, holding on to that place of mourning and sadness and trust that that the joy is coming in the morning, as it says. Instead of discouragement, a garment of praise. Taking off the heaviness of discouragement and putting on gratitude and praise. The imagery is just so powerful to me there because that's what it feels like, right? When we we have that sense of sadness and that heaviness. Mm And I look around this room, and there is no, um, it's not unreasonable, the level of heaviness that many of us feel because of what life has dealt us. And that's, you know, as a pastor, that's always what I'm struggling with, is I take your mourning as my own. I take your sadness as my own, and it breaks my heart. But what I want to do better is point a way towards joy and healing, a way where God can open the heavens and pour out on us, and not in some trite, uh, pad answer way. I'm as upset with those answers as you are. But this this is truth. There is an exchange that can be made in our souls, in our spirit, and a hope for a future that we often don't step fully into. And I'm challenging myself and all of us in, on this morning that we would take that step into a place of joy, that we would take that step into that that part of the exchange that the Lord has for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, I th- I think on a on a day when we're we're remembering and we're looking into the future, but just also the memory of of what it's been like for those of us that have journeyed together, um. That the heaviness, like you were pointing out, it is is real, and it's been a very real part of our experience as a faith community. We had a funeral before we ever had yeah. our first worship gathering, right? We we were experiencing the pain of broken relationships in our families, yeah. in our leadership team, before we ever had a first Sunday gathering together. As a, before, we even start building. Yeah what what we've become and so all along the way as we, we were talking about our story this week with um Leroy and Donna Barber and and she was so encouraging And one thing she said to us was like it's almost like God was trying to build a different kind of church <laughs> right and and as we were telling the stories she was from the uh, kind of from the outside looking in examining and looking at our story just saying God wants you to be a different kind of people he wants you to you know and and for me when I think back the the um, you know, Paul and I, before coming to Portland, we had only stayed at a church or with a faith for three years, right? We were kind of at a three-year pattern, and, right. and, and I kind of blame my boredom. I think it's like that Create. I was just like, I'm bored. Let's move on. Like, I don't know, what whatever it was, my cut and run thing. Yeah. But um,
1: – And I always want to go wherever you're going, so – Right, so you're like, okay, after we're I fight okay. you <laughs> for like a
0: month, you're like, okay, we'll go back to Minnesota <laughs> we'll, or whatever yeah. it is, or well, let's go to Portland. <laughs> but um, I remember uh, – w- Um, God has changed my heart. He's changed my life on this journey and on this path with all of you. I, I, the cliches out the window, (laughs) the way my expectations for myself as being a pastor and what that looks like have all been transformed and changed and shaped and crafted because of the walk that I've had. I'm looking in this room there. You've all changed. Like, you've changed our lives. And, um, you know, when I, when I think back, we were on this, I think we were on this, like, we weren't, it's not like we were famous or wealthy or, like, church planting gurus, right? We were...
1: Well, you were a little bit, like, in the upper Midwest in the college <laughs> singing group touring kind of way.
0: Yes, among college singing tour groups, I was quite the thing. But, like, we were nobody's prone to discouragement, prone to disappointment, prone to giving up. And, and I'm just saying, like, God... God has invited us together on a journey that is transforming and changing us. And, and, and... I don't know, I just think that, the, and he's inviting us to walk in pain, to walk in the realness of life and what we right. deal with, right. right? And along that way, together, making an exchange together, we're, we're exchanging together, we're exchanging the pain mm. together. Yeah. We're, we're on the mountain, tethered, strapped together, being like, come on, we're going to keep walking, we're going to keep doing this, we're going to get to that destination. I mean, that's that's the call, that's what he's done. I don't know, for me, is just deepened that... Um, yeah, oh, the awareness of how interdependent we are mm. and how much richer and deeper and wider and beautiful it is when we get to, it's not just an idea anymore. Like community is a very real thing that we are practicing and trying to live into and experimenting with and failing at and yeah. succeeding at. It's, it's all those things together. Um,
1: well, that's why I always say that, like you guys hear me talk about this and say this phrase a lot, that, that uh, you know, loving is a risk and loving a community of people mm-hmm. is an exponential risk yeah. because as you expand who it is you're going to care about and who you're going to walk through life with and mm-hmm. whose burdens you're going to uh, bear you you risk you 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 risk trauma you risk feeling cuz mm-hmm. if you're empathetic and you love people you're going to feel those those traumas and those those parts of brokenness mm-hmm. and um it's it's Mm -hmm. at times overwhelming i'll speak for myself at times it is it um it is is shattering because sometimes it's almost harder to watch someone you love go through uh pain than it is to go through it yourself Mm -hmm. because you feel so out of control and Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. and then if we forget that we need to be pointing ourselves back to god and going well he's in control Mm um you know you can get caught and i get caught in that cycle sometimes you know that place um but I will say that uh, after ten years of being your pastor and pastoring uh this group of people and the other uh nine fifty person churches that we've had <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the years, uh we always yeah. joke that we we never pastored a church of a hundred, but we've pastored ten churches of fifty Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, true. I would do it all over again
0: yeah
1: and and twice more, and I'll do it at, you know because yeah. it 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 uh it's worth it. The, the love and the relationship and to be in your lives um, is worth the risk of pain and struggle and trauma.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as we, let's go on in Isaiah chapter 61 where we get our name from. Because as we make the exchange and as we make the exchange together and as a community, I think we're, 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 we get to make that. I thank God. It's, mm. it's, it's really the, it's not even necessarily the choice we make. It's what we are, like, it's what we get to do with God. Right? Instead of having to be overwhelmed all the time with that pain, without any hope, we get to exchange that to, like, with, and we get hope, and we get love, and we get a future with that. But Isaiah 61, chapter 3, he says this about those making the exchange, about those who are being healed, about those who are poor and brokenhearted and coming into this community, being drawn into Mm -hmm. him to one another. He says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, trees planted by the Lord to reveal his splendor. Like, you all are, we're oaks, you know? Like, sometimes I feel like a really flimsy, like, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I, don't, I, can, I don't, I was looking through my pictures. I have a lot of pictures of little pieces of grass or little weeds breaking up through concrete. That's like a yeah, metaphor yeah, yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. of what I, I feel like I'm just this tiny little, you know, that can just get smushed by one, footprint you know but God says this that those making the exchange are oaks of righteousness planted by God like just consider that that is who our identity is that is who we are oaks of righteousness not not even planted by one another not planted by chance not planted by happenstance but planted by God And there's something very secure that's being communicated in that metaphor about who we are, right? Planted by God for what purpose? To demonstrate who he is, to show off mm. how amazing and how awesome and how good mm. he is. That the broken and the, the wounded and the not so great and the not so perfect and all of that, it be, like, becomes, oh, like that's about God. Not because we're so awesome and made ourselves mm. good, but because God chose us. And he transforms us, and he changes us as we as we are entering that relationship with him. And then he says this about these oaks of righteousness. So th- that's oh. where we got our name from. Yes. Right. This this the yeah. groves yeah. It is the this
1: gathering yeah. of these oaks of righteousness. Right. And this image that was always so strong with me, because it was you know this gathering of people. It's not just an individual. It's not mm-hmm. one oak. You know, it's a it's a grove. You know, and, mm-hmm. and we started talking about. Oh well there'll be these gatherings of people yeah. all over our city that are part of this community and mm-hmm. they will be the groves. Yeah. And that's always that's still as powerful to me today as it was when we, this when, we when we decided we couldn't call it the oaks cuz we knew people who yeah, had yeah. churches and called the oaks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the website search. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but ver, uh, so Isaiah sixty one verse four. So these oaks, what will they? What is their purpose? What will they do? They will rebuild the perpetual ruins and mm-hmm. restore the places that were desolate. Mm-hmm. They will reestablish the ruined cities, the places that have been desolate since ancient times. If you, um, for those of you who have been with us a few years ago, I gave a talk called "Rebuild, Restore, Renew." Do you, anyone remember this? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was making you say it over and over again. I was like, mm-hmm. "Rebuild." <laughs>
1: Ha ha ha! I think you say all three,
0: and yeah. then say I don't know. It was not It was more powerful <laughs> in my mind. I led that wrong. This is what I'm saying. This is a safe place to just mess it all up. No. <laughs> yeah, but we were just like, rebuild, restore, renew. Do you remember this? And yeah. we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you remember I said, you know what would be so awesome? If God gave us some kind of building or some sort of place that we could rebuild, yeah. restore, renew to demonstrate physically what God wants to do mm-hmm. spiritually in mm-hmm. our lives and in our communities. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that wish and that dream? And look where we are, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're ten. And here we are in this building that has millions of dollars in deferred maintenance. Jamie and I. um, Lots of opportunity to rebuild.
1: There is so much
0: opportunity to rebuild, restore, renew. Like, whoa, God. But you know what? It's God's work. I mean, that's the thing, you guys. I walked in here. There was one Monday I walked in and I was like, oh, crap. You know, like, oh, what have I done? And God, in that moment, was just like, mm. you are not your work. Mm. That's not you, and it's not your job. It's His. It's His church. It's His community. It's His. Even the, it's His church. And I mean, the people, the community, the neighborhood. It's His. This is His parish. Yeah. These are His people. Mm-hmm. And, and if this facility is something that can, is a part of God's plan and God's dream for Sunnyside neighborhood in Portland, man, God can, you know, yeah. he can do it. Yeah. Right now, I'm just like, God, I need $30,000. This is real this mm-hmm. week. This is real. And I'm just telling you because this is a reality. $30,000 to repair a significant r- piece of roof damage over here, right? So it's like, okay, God, here we go rebuild, restore, renew, rebuild, restore, renew, but it's, it's like, it's a very physical, but it's also a metaphor, I think, of what God is doing, and what he wants to do in us, and through us, he wants to rebuild, I've read this, I was actually like, perpetual ruins, I don't like that, I would like, maybe like, a tiny, (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) know. yeah, wait, is this perpetually ruined, oh crap, like, we have to keep restoring, you know, like, oh my gosh, but is this not life, you know, continue, the continual ongoing work, the ongoing dependency and trust that God is good, that he has a dream, that he wants to do that work in us and through us. Yeah. And that already, y'all, already God is showing up in our neighborhood. Already God is showing neighbors rebuild, restore, renew. Already, he's creating partnerships. Already, he's building a community and uh, 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 partnerships yeah. in this space. Already, he's already doing that. And, and, um, and I, right now, today, in this very moment, maybe not tomorrow, but right now, I'm like, the bigger, the better. Like, the bigger the problem, the more <laughs> that God can show up and, and be. Like, but for real, like I, I, for me, too, because the God that I believed in so many times is so tiny. The God that, you know, the, like when I start to lose my trust and doubt, it's like, okay, God, all right, here we go. Here's the, here's the big thing that I'm trusting you for, all right? And it's not just tidying up a little mess, but this, the work here is an ongoing invitation into rebuilding, restoring, and renewing. Mm-hmm. We asked for it, and now we got it, so. Well, you asked for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I invited us. I invited yeah. us all into the work. Yeah. Um, I have, I've had to suspend my
1: kind of intense risk assessment side of my personality. Risk aversion, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for the, yeah, for the Enneagram one who sees all the problems before that led to this and all the problems that could, yeah, it's a challenge. I'm like, yeah. let's just jump in and see what happens. Yeah, that's
1: a miracle in itself, though, that yeah. that's happening. That,
0: that what?
1: That, that's being suspended, that God's yeah. working. I
0: mean, I think that's awesome. God's
1: working that out in our leadership, in our team. Yeah. Right? We wouldn't be able to do this if, if – because there's more than one of me on our team that yeah. risk assesses or averts a risk averts, yeah. <laughs> and you know, God, I think yeah. God spoke to us to take a step back and listen to the vision that you had for something. Yeah. And so I, I, I trust yeah. that, and I think it's awesome.
0: Um, you know, the way that we are, the way that we are, and we're we're closing up here. But the way that we are. Sustained in the big work and the big dream and the big things that God has for us and renewal and restoration and rebuilding. The sustaining is not in and of ourselves. It's not from our own energy. It's not from good vibes, right? It's, um, although I'll take all the good vibes. What it's from, it's from the spirit of God, mm. right? It's the spirit of God. First Corinthians chapter 12 through 14 basically says this. The spirit of God is for lifting up, building up, and cheering up. And that's what we need in the work. Mm. Lift up. Build up, yeah. cheer up. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. In each of us, gifts alive yeah. to lift up, build up, and cheer up one another. Yeah. Right? And, and in the middle of that section where Paul is teaching on how the Spirit of God works in the body, he says that we're to do that in the most excellent way of that lifting up, building up, and cheering up is the way of love. And, and that's what's he's, that, is the, that is how he's inviting us into this work. So questions that I have for us that we are exploring for the next 10 years, right? What is God's dream for us together? What is God's dream for us here at Sunnyside, in this neighborhood, in this facility? What does God want to reveal about God's character in this place through us to those who are, on, who are watching, who are observing who are, who are walking in and out of this space for theater, for music, for uh, AA, for basketball, for um, faith and equity, for all the different partners. What is, how is God wanting to reveal himself? How is he wanting us to partner and work together for the flourishing good of this, of this place and for the neighborhood? I'm inviting us to live deeply into our motto, deep in God, deep in culture. Deep in God, deep in culture. I want us to commit to growing together. So I, I'm gonna, uh, I am personally, and then that means I'm inviting you all into it because this is how it works. But I'm invited to be more intentional about the ways in which we are going to grow. That we're not gonna just let each other float around, right? But we're going to come together, like. Gravitational pull of us together by the Spirit of God, and we're going to grow. We're going to change. We're going to be transformed. That means like sometimes major surgery, sometimes little band-aids. But we're going to grow together. We're going to mature together. And the other, and, and we're going to, we're going to become brave people together. And we're going to create brave spaces. We're going to learn. We're going to grow, and we're going to so we can show up as our full selves in this place and see what God will do in the next 10 years. Mm. He's, he's doing something yeah. awesome and I love it. I look, uh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I'm so thankful to be called into it. This is the, the best work I've ever done in my life.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, let me pray for us. I can smell the chili, just call in my name. Uh, so let me pray. Let me pray for us, and we'll we'll um, close this morning. Um, God, we are just so thankful for the way in which you um, you've caused us to crash into one another in this very time and in this place, in the expanse of time and. <laughs> You put us all here in this very moment. You gathered us here right now in this place, and I'm just so grateful, and I want to um, just practice gratitude for this very present moment. And so I just I thank you for every single person that's in this place. I thank you for a community that you are building. I thank you for the ways in which you weave us together. I thank you for the ways that you send us out. I thank you for all the gifts that you've placed in us. I thank you for the life that you've given us. I thank you for the exchange that we are able to make, the hope that we have, the love that we have, the joy, the things that we hold on to even in the most difficult of times. I thank you for those gifts. I thank you for that life and that love that you've given us. And I pray, God, that you would help us, that you would teach us, that you continue to show us how to um, love one another. I pray that you would continue to activate and make alive and to... Uh, the gifts that are in each of us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just awaken um, dreams and areas in our life that maybe have been crushed or were buried or were dead and that you would breathe your life again and that you cause us to come alive. I thank you for the way that you call us into community and to one another. You call us out of our isolation and our independence and you call us to one another and to your body. I thank you that we're dependent on one another. I thank you that you've given us these people to practice this life out of loving neighbor. Um, We just love you. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all of who you are. We're just going to take a.